We grabbed the TV report. Uh, it's a particularly egregious example of uh, how the homeless situation is affecting people. The West Coast bum explosion. Special report. Number of exhibits from that file. Sean, is that ready to go? Why don't we begin there? This is just delightful, folks. Enjoy. I uh, did a triple take, and that's when I noticed an obscene act taking place in front of my eyes. Pants pulled down to the ankles, pleasuring himself like he was at an amusement park. It was horrifying in broad daylight with pornographic material strewed all around him and not a care in the world as parents this is exactly our worst nightmare it's gotten me to the point where i think i'm gonna have to sell my house now i don't want to be here anymore it's no mom can i play outside for a few minutes in the front nope the answer is no you're coming on inside we're closing up the doors and you can play in the backyard now that could be anywhere uh certainly on the west coast of america if not for a lot of the united states point of order you shouldn't be doing that at an amusement park yeah, either yeah. Get, how often does he go to amusement parks? That, that got my attention six <laughs> six flags does not want you to masturbate or out was, in the open. Or was that a subtle reference to the Seinfeld episode in it, which George's mother caught him? It was. He was looking at... You gl- said your body like an amusement park! He was looking at Glamour magazine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is a serious topic and deserves to be taken seriously. Oh, it is a serious topic. The, the mom's saying, my kids can't play out front of the house anymore in right. the park or anything like that, which is the reason you move to that kind of neighborhood. Sure. Now the kids have to stay in the backyard because the people in charge of ver- these various cities have decided the rights of the homeless are more important than the people that found a way to buy a house and pay taxes in this neighborhood. Well, let's talk about the list of rights that are taken away from decent people. I'm thinking about my own childhood. How about your eight or nine year old just walking to his friend's house down the block or on the next block? Can't do it. Too dangerous. In nice neighborhoods. That, I believe, was the land park section of Sacramento, which has had a tremendous problem with, uh, with A, bums and freaks, and, and B, the poor cops responded in the case of this guy masturbating. They arrested him. He's out a couple hours later. It's a misdemeanor. And, and you know, never mind, you know, throwing needles around and, and harassing people and freaking them out. And you can't even get arrested for that. So, yeah, the neighborhood has gone over to the bums and the junkies and, uh, and the residents, the, the residents, rather, are completely freaked out. Oh, speaking of the Sacto area, there's another news story out that, that there's been a, a handful of bum encampments on the levees around the several rivers which crisscross the Sacramento area. And uh, the, the, the homeless people are digging holes of various sorts and for various reasons, and they have compromised the levee system in the second most flood-prone metro area in America after New Orleans. But so this story could be, you know, lots of places in the country where the whole homeless thing is just completely out of control. So is the theory from city councils, various people in power, that we need to make regular tax-paying citizens feel enough pain that they'll agree to taxes that would pay for something? Is that the theory? I don't actually know. We got this note from friend of Armstrong and Getty Ramona, who's been on our show talking about this issue. She's an advocate for that land park part of Sacramento, California. 
Uh, she said, we've made incredible strides, but our mayor, Daryl Steinberg, and the city council are making it impossible for law enforcement to do more. And residents and business owners are paying a severe price. Two weeks ago, another transient was camped out at a middle school for days and moved to a restaurant. And he would get on his bike ride into the neighborhood following the UPS truck and stealing from homeowners. We have video. You got a transient threatening customers in a restaurant. Does that sound familiar, Jack? Ran into oncoming traffic. Uh, Ten minutes later, a different transient was causing a disturbance at a restaurant next door. Uh, CHP, which has jurisdiction for the underpasses where most of the transients camp, said 98% of them are meth and heroin addicts who refuse all services. Okay, now that is the most important thing we've heard today. So that's law enforcement saying 90% of them are drug addicts and they refuse services. Right. You just got to, you, you, you want, all we'll, I will pay higher taxes if that's what it requires to put them in jail. Mm-hmm. Build more jails. Less schools, more jails. Now we got a, now we got a deal. Here's a piece by John uh, Sexton about Portland's plan to address homeless people pooping in the street. Well, Portland, call it San Francisco North. Uh, they both, both those cities now employ special crews of street cleaners that remove human waste on a daily basis. This, folks, there's a term for this. It's devolution. Mankind is devolving into a beast. One proposed solution has been to set up more public bathrooms so the homeless have some place to go besides the sidewalk, which is a reasonable response if you've let the problem go so far, you now have people crapping in the streets. But it's not reasonable to have let it get this far. It seems to me there has been a major change in uh, the discussion of homelessness in the last however many months. It started with that documentary in Seattle. Because I was led to believe, a lot of us were led to believe for years now, look, it's a mental health health issue. These people can't take care of themselves. We should feel bad for them. And I do feel bad. And or they had high medical bills. You could be next. Right. That sort of thing. We're getting a number of cities and officials saying, no, it's almost entirely drug addicts. Right. And they don't want to stop. And our mistake is we've decided that the sympathetic thing is to offer them all sorts of services and shelter and the rest of it, and they'll get clean and have happy lives. Well, back to Portland, if I might, for the moment. These hygiene facilities are basically porta-potties. Some have lockers on them. Um, And so they're parking these big porta-potties in various people's neighborhoods. Uh, about a week ago, city rolled out one of these. Uh, when the first trailer arrived, there were few, if any, homeless people camped out nearby. The street looked like this. There is a picture. Um, in fact, Jack, you might be interested in this picture. It's kind of hard to see, but there's the porta potty. It's just the, there it sits. Then, not surprisingly, in a matter of days, the trailer gradually became the center of a growing tent camp. Here's the after photo, and you can see the trailer there. Look what's there now in that bottom photo. It's become a major homeless camp. Is that not wow. a beautiful encapsulation of the if you build it, they will come problem with huge levels of service for junkies, bums and junkies? Uh, we're not talking about Mr. and Mrs. America who had a devastating bill and couldn't pay the rent anymore. There's help for people like that. They generally take it and they get back on their feet. And I'm more than happy to help them do that. We're not talking about the profoundly mentally ill. If they are, listen, it's that's almost unsolvable, but we're trying as hard as we can, and they have 100% of my sympathy. We're talking about bums and junkies. Do not continue to refer to bums and junkies as the homeless. 
Look what it's doing. And I'm telling you. And then you saps who hand them a $20 bill as you come out of the coffee shop. Dope. So they can go buy some more booze or more drugs. What the hell? What yeah. do you think you're doing? So, listen, it, uh, maybe this is the, the, the cry, the anguished cry of those who have, you know, been victimized by the zombies to the living. Fight now while you can. Do not be duped, rest of America, by these compassion without discipline arguments. These incredibly soft-hearted, incredibly impractical pleas to pour money into, quote-unquote, the homeless. The vast majority are bums and junkies. Get them the hell out of town or arrest them. Cities and states with the the biggest amounts of services, highest dollar spent on services, have more homeless people. That's enough that's got to be cracked. And more and more every day. If you're listening somewhere where your city doesn't do that, good for you. You probably don't have very many homeless people. Right. They go somewhere else where they do hand out food and shelter to anybody. And everybody, hey, you can come here and live here in a tent. And we just get, you know what we do? We get high every day. We sit in a park and we get drunk. Right. And and it's all we do. That sounds awesome. The junkies call Seattle Freeattle because it's so easy to be a junkie there. And just menace the local citizens and drop the needles and then crap in the streets and make it impossible for little kids to have a happy life in their neighborhood. And and, and these numbskulls. And listen, we need compassion and we need the compassion net. Uh, but these numbskulls who just refuse to look realism in the face are making it miserable for the taxpaying citizens. Here's uh, Here's a firefighter. I won't say what city. I've worked for the fire department for over 20 years. The homeless problem is ridiculous. They light fires all the time and are responsible for most of the fires in this section of town. It's just bums and junkies. When's the breaking point? What is the breaking point? What's it look like? What happens? I am afraid that, and and this is, you know, this is a, a truth that you observe throughout your life has to do with, like, irresponsible spending or, uh, you know, drinking or not being good at your marriage or whatever. Once things get to the breaking point, you can't fix them anymore because it's just too far down the road. In a lot of cases, I don't know if this is an example of that, but, I mean, if your major cities of the West Coast lack the practicality and the just the adult, the spine to say, look, you're pathetic, and I feel bad about that, but you can't be doing that here. If they lack the spine to do that, imagine when there are enormous homeless encampments and they have powerful ACLU lawyers on their side. And, for instance, Land Park Sacramento is just riddled with homelessness and property values have dropped by 35 percent. The solutions then are going to be so hard. You're never going to summon the will for them. It's something. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. It's like deciding to quit drinking after your liver gives out. Too late. Too late. 415-295-KFTC. We're living in a trade war, people. Stay tuned. More on that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid.
more thing on this, and then we'll move on from uh, fixing the world for yeah, a minute. Man, I promise I'll shut up. So uh, Tiffany Hammer spoke at the Portland City Council meeting. Uh, she is in that neighborhood where they put the Porta John and the homeless, uh, the, the homeless, the bums and junkies uh, flock to it. She says, we've been attacked and threatened. I won't mention the loss of possessions not bolted down or the daily car break-ins. We, know, we all know them. We're more concerned about personal safety. A swarm of extra campers have shown up in the last week. We've had a lot of personal attacks from that alone. We hide our children in our homes to protect them. They are no longer able to walk to school. Awesome. How much are you going to give away, my friends? Fight it. <sighs> okay. All right. Different topic. By the way, we're in a trade war. I don't know if you know that. Trade mid- war. As of trade midnight, war. Last night, we're in a trade war. With China. With China. Buy bonds. Over there. Over there. We'll talk China. To, we'll talk to somebody smart about that coming up, so stay tuned. So Conan O'Brien wrote a piece for the uh, New York Post yesterday because they finally settled his deal. I don't know if you remember this. He got sued by a guy. Four years ago, this is how slow the wheels of justice turn. Four years ago, a guy sued Conan O'Brien, uh, claiming that this uh, that Conan's show was stealing his jokes. Oh boy! And I'm, I, I read this just because there are a couple of things in here I thought were kind of interesting. Four years ago, my writers and I were sued by a man in San Diego who claimed that we stole five jokes from his blog and Twitter account. I will tell you what we told him and what we subsequently swore under oath in a deposition. We had never heard of him or his blog or Twitter account, and we did not steal any jokes. Short of murder, stealing material is the worst thing any comic can be accused of, and I have devoted 34 years in show business to strive for originality. Had I for one second thought any of my writers took material from someone else, I would have fired that writer immediately, personally apologized, and made financial reparations, but I knew that we were in the right. That is true. If you try to be funny for a living like I do, the, the idea of, of stealing somebody's joke and getting caught is horrifying. Oh, yeah. That's why I always give credit. I'll steal and give credit. What yeah. About, yeah. What, what about stealing phone callers? <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Long-time listeners will appreciate that reference. Here's the part that I didn't know, though, that I thought it was interesting and not, not, not surprising. How did I know that we didn't steal it? I knew because different people around the world come up with the same joke all the time. That's funny. I was about to make that very point. Especially when the joke is topical. Yeah. I was made aware of this 24 years ago when on the same night... David Letterman, Jay Leno, and I all told an identical Dan Quayle is a dumb joke. <laughs> wow. Quote, Throwback Thursday. Quote, Dan Quayle announced today that he will not be running for president in 96. However, he did not rule out running in 97. <laughs> well, they all had that punchline? They all had the same joke. Wow, On that's the weird. same night. Back then, no one sued anyone because each of us knew that topical comedy often follows a pattern. It's an occupational hazard. You try hard to avoid it, but sometimes comedians comedians inadvertently step on each other's feet. Now fast forward 20 years and add something called the Internet. On a chilly winter night, I delivered joke, a joke about Tom Brady re-gifting his Super Bowl MVP truck to opposing coach Pete Carroll. Trust me, Pete Carroll gags were hilarious back in 2015. <laughs> what my writers and I didn't know is there at the same time that joke was being written by literally 34 other people on Twitter, and one of those people decided he'd been robbed. He then claimed we had stolen four other jokes, though we had proof that one of them was written prior to his post, but none of that mattered. We were hit with a lawsuit. Right. And not to brag, but a federal lawsuit. I had finally, <laughs> I, I had finally made the big time. Part of me was bemused, but a lot of parts of me was pissed. And then he talks a little bit about lawyers and time and money and how much it cost him oh, to fight this. And I why bet he, it was a lot. And why he settled because ultimately it was just he was tired of dealing with it and it was costing so much money. But they did not steal the uh, jokes. 
Yeah. That that reminds me of the absolutely undisguisedly uh, greedy and stupid practice of suing people over songs right. that sound somewhat the exactly same. Exactly the same thing. Uh, the fact of the matter is that with over 321 million monthly users on Twitter and seemingly 60% of them budding comedy writers, the creation of the same jokes based on the day's news is reaching staggering numbers. That is true. Two years ago, one of our writers came up with a joke referencing Kendall Jenner's ill-fated Pepsi commercial. And so did 111 Twitter users. Wow! The parallel creation of jokes is now so commonplace that Carolyn Moss of CNBC and someone else of HuffPo have given it the name tweet-saming. Tweet-saming. I, I, hate, I hate that. I don't think it needs a name, Sean. No, I don't Does think it? so. No. 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 And, Shut up! Stop naming things. And by the way, <laughs> and by the way, the person who sued me also tweeted the same Pepsi joke, but only after our show and twenty-four others had beat him to it. Right. Keep that in mind if you hear us or anybody using the joke that you've heard before. He's right. Sixty percent of three hundred million Twitter users are comedians. Yeah, parallel thinking is something that happens all the time in creative circles. Oh, right. <laughs> and and remember, if you steal from us, you've stolen twice. It's particularly <laughs> ridiculous in the world of music, of popular oh, music. Yeah, please. So I'm working on an album right now. I got this one song. It goes from a G to a C to a D. I guess you get to own my hey, house I now. Know, I know that song. Because I stole from you. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the trade war raging on. U.S. gearing up for action against Iran. This is getting really hot. Uh-oh. And a major brick-and-mortar chain threatened by the helium shortage. <laughs> I didn't what? know about that. Oh, coming it's up terrible. On the There's Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. I'm going to sneeze right when it's time to start. I'm going to sneeze. I think it went away. Soul trying to escape. Who can blame it? I was close. I thought I was going to sneeze and it went away. Has science ever discovered why sometimes you are on the verge of a sneeze and then it just goes away? Strength of character. You willed it away. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sneezing. Now, I'm not. This is not a good time. All right, news now, Marshall. Uh, it is not a good time to be sneezing in a trade war. A trade war. We've trade got war. a trade war. China. 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 Right, China. We've established that. Go on. It will retaliate against an increase in U.S. tariffs, some predicting dire economic consequences. Oh, stop it. They'll have a deal before you know it. Despite all that. And it had to be done. It's it's like like jumping off the operating table and saying, what are you cutting me with a knife for? It has to be done. The trade relationship we had could not continue. Yeah, that... that According to everyone who's not a partisan. It's such a childish view to leave out the fact that there's no choice. My my son didn't want to take some medicine last night, and I explained to him why he has to take it. I mean, we have no choice. Yes, this is an unpleasant medicine, and but here's what's going to happen if we don't take it. Right. There's no choice. Right. This is exactly this situation. Yeah. It's, it's very frustrating that the media doesn't recognize that. Now, if you want to argue, given the realities of it, that Trump is handling it wrong, that's fine. I'll take that argument. It's perfectly legitimate. But don't just wail and cry about the farmers suffering without acknowledging, A, it had to be done because of the incredible 
the criminal trade relationship right. we've had with China, and B, the fact that it is clearly, I mean, obviously a child can understand this, a temporary measure to get them to the bargaining table and get them to cut a deal. How long do you think this will go, though? Will be a month from now, will it still be going? And there's really getting to be pain on both sides, but both sides hoping the other's going to blink? My guess would be by the close of business Monday. And I'm thinking we get half a loaf. Well, I saw a good um, a discussion about this yesterday in which somebody said, you know, this is this is the world's only superpower with the rising challenger to it. And this is just part of an overall battle for, are we? is this a changing of the guard? Right. And the changing of the guard is really inevitable. Probably someday. When, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but China will be the world right. leader in economics and maybe militarily, and who knows what else. So, just it, and the, so this is part of that battle. And very briefly, you've got a totalitarian regime with a centrally planned economy that their their control reaches into the very file cabinets, the the laptops, the the, the patents of not only Chinese companies but American companies. Right, and that's one of the reasons they've had such phenomenal economic growth. Mm-hmm. And we're asking them to fundamentally restructure the way they deal with foreign right. companies on their soil. And that's a huge ask. It's it's incredibly important. It's necessary. It's righteous. It's legally what needs to happen. Right. But it's a big ask. Well, so that's why it's such a struggle. It has also helped make a lot of the Chinese hierarchy very, very wealthy. Oh, yeah. yeah. A well made, a point well made, yeah. Marshall. This yeah. is a good text. We're having a trade war, please. Still happening. Still happening. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Positive Sean has been studying the indices today. Positive Sean, do you have a one-word market report update? Uh, The market's glum. It's a little down, but Mm. that's fine. No big deal. Just nice. a little blue today. Yeah, just feeling a little, little down. That's it. Yeah. Well, we even have, we haven't even mentioned the CC this newscast. Mar- Marshall, it's a constitutional crisis. Well, we've got a lot of other crises working right now. Zombie George Washington is walking the countryside mourning. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, it's a nightmare. We are now in a constitutional crisis. Oh, no. Wow. Right on time for the weekend. Wow. <laughs> While that is going on, we have U.S. B-52 bombers that have been sent to the Middle East over what Washington calls threats from Iran. U.S. Central Command says the Stratofortress bombers have arrived at the U.S. base in Qatar. The U.S. tightening sanctions on Iran this month by eliminating waivers that allowed some countries to buy its oil. There are those who claim that belligerent John Bolton is just trying to up tensions because he's a uh, he's a chest-thumping... You know, uh, America first guy. Right. It's not completely out of the question. There's an element of that. On the other hand, there's another theory at play here, which is we got some good, solid intelligence reports Mm -hmm. from the Israelis, most likely, that uh, Iran was uh, planning something untoward, something gnarly. And so we uh, assembled some ships and planes and sent them over, and uh, and everybody, the press, Iran, are asking, yeah, what are we planning, and how'd you find out? And we're telling them, don't worry about it. We found out. Right. That's all you need to know. Right. And so we're sending a very, very loud message about whatever they were planning. Party City. Party City says it is closing 45 of its 900 stores in the U.S. and Canada, blaming a helium shortage that is costing some stores sales of latex and metallic balloons. I tell you what, it's a disaster. 
Harding City's news release says, helium it's, voice there. says it's looking for a new helium provider and hopes to resolve the issue this summer. They're actually closing their stores? Yes. Where's sir. helium come from? Clowns. The earth. Clowns. Clowns. <laughs> um, er, er, uh, e, uh, so that was such a big part of their profits that yeah. they're closing stores. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. 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 I'm talking about helium. I'm telling you, we can't make our bills. <laughs> and, and there is uh, the, this uh, worldwide helium sh- shortage uh, has been ongoing and apparently getting worse and worse and worse. Can you make it? It's a gas. Yes. It's a gas. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I like to describe its weight vis-a-vis the uh, air. I used to know that. I used to have all that memorized. So uh, light, lighter than, right? Your periodic That's why the balloon goes up. Right? H-E, I believe, is the symbol. Helium is the second most common element in the universe. There you go. Uh-huh. We'll be fine. What else do you need to know? What's number one? Nitrogen? Uh, probably. Let me yeah. find that out. Carbon. Huh? I'm a carbon man. But so there's, there's more... There's, <laughs> There's helium everywhere. How are they out of helium? That's your problem, not mine. As a kid, the helium balloon is one of the most fascinating things you witness. Oh, yeah. And play with and, oh, you know, as a kid, I say, when I was raising my kids, the fun we had with helium balloons in the house, playing what we called bonker ball. All, whenever there was a helium <laughs> balloon in the house, we played bonker ball every single day. It was essentially just whacking it around, and it couldn't touch the ground. Of course. No matter right. what you had to knock over and break, to my wife's consternation, <laughs> you must keep the bonker ball from, from hitting the ground. There what you did go. you guess hydrogen? Hydrogen, the most common. There you go. Yeah. Ah, I thought it was carbon. <laughs> there you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Sean's having fun with the periodic table. Oh, yes. How can you not? <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> Coming up, cesium. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the whole idea that this is, you know, among the many um, tectonic times, the tectonic plates that, plates that are the United States and China rubbing up against each other, mm-hmm. this is one of them. The yeah. trade war, them building islands in the ocean and claiming it's theirs, all that sort of well, stuff. Yeah, claiming, well, the uh, one thing we won't do is militarize them. And then there's a full naval base there the next week. We have... A totalitarian communist system and a free market republic that are now interacting by the trillions of dollars in trade. It's impossible that there wouldn't be uh, some really uncomfortable times getting those two things to mesh. And and this is, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a rough go, but it was absolutely necessary. And you know what? I, what, I hate the rampant partisanship of the news media for a couple of reasons. You know, the dishonesty, obviously, but it it crowds out the real stuff. I mean, this is this is good. This is interesting. Wow, wait a minute. How do you mesh a totalitarian, uh, totalitarian regime that wants billions of dollars of investment, meaning our companies, our, our factories, right. our workers, in their country? How do you mesh that with a free market? This is really fascinating stuff. But instead, it's all about freaking Trump all the time. I don't know. It's just the dumbing down of my... Beloved native land. So we've got an unnecessary censorship from Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, it's we can, always so hilarious and so uncomfortable. We can play that for you coming up. Also, and Amazon's going to put people back on the moon within a couple of years. Like two years from now. You misspoke. You said Amazon. Yeah. The package company, the delivery company. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. All on the way in the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Armstrong and Getty Show. Vehicle to get us there. The Blue Origin and Amazon founder unveiled this, the design for his Blue Moon spacecraft yesterday. The lunar lander has been under development for three years. It comes less than two months after the White House announced its goal of returning to the moon. Yes, so Amazon is going to take us to the moon, Jeff Bezos specifically. That's right, Blue Horizon is his gig. That's like his SpaceX. Yeah, right, and he'd okay. been building this spaceship for years now, secretly. Nobody knew. How do you keep that under wraps? Wow. Anyway, so they unveiled it yesterday, and they're planning to go in a couple of years. This is not like in, in 2035. No, like in two years, they're going to put people on the moon, they claim. For free if you're a Prime member? hey I what? know. What? 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 They say it'll be there Thursday, but you get there Saturday. Huh? <laughs> what? Two days, you said. Two days. And a this giant cardboard box, and how are you going to recycle that? <laughs> um, so you got that. We got unnecessary censorship here in a second from Jimmy Kimmel, but I uh, noticed, so I did that story about Conan O'Brien explaining how he settled his lawsuit. Somebody suing him, saying that they were stealing the guy's jokes off of Twitter, and Conan explained how people come up with the same jokes all the time and gave a bunch of examples. By the dozens to hundreds. Here's my example. On our text line, and this would have to be independent because none of you can see our text line, um, what other people were writing, we had six people come up with a variation of the... Trade war. We're experiencing a trade war. Still happening. Right. We, we had a half dozen different people tweet that mm-hmm. in a half an hour. Yeah. All came up with the same joke at the same time. And it's a good one. It's solid. A perfectly good joke. Just yep. Yeah, you'd like to think you know your humorous humorous musings are original, but there are billions of people on Earth. Sure. Uh, here's a dumb story. Another mm-hmm. another college mascot has fallen prey to the political correctness of our times. Oh boy. The LIU Blackbird mascot has been deemed racist and dumped by the university. LIU Brooklyn, I don't know what that college is, but they've had the same mascot, a Blackbird, for 80 years. The school determined it's racist. What? No explanation more than that that I could come across. Just, I guess, that it's got the word black in it? I don't know. Here's a picture of it. It just, well, it's a Blackbird. It's a, it looks like every bird mascot you've ever seen, only this one is... Black, as blackbirds are. With a yellow beak. With a yellow beak. Which is offensive to yellow people, too. I don't know. The eyes are white, so white supremacist groups are up in arms. And this the, uh... comes weeks after, and I don't remember hearing about this. Cal... Oh, this is the story about the uh, Nebraska Strait. Uh, yeah, see? No, you can't. Nope, I retract the joke. I retract the joke. I was eating a snack bar between the uh, the segments here during the commercials. Had almonds in it. Now I got pieces of almond in my mouth, and I can barely speak. It was a good joke, too. It was a fine joke. I tried to make a joke so, last night. But most importantly, a funny one. I'm in the car driving last night. I tried, I tried to make a joke, and I flubbed a word. And my seven-year-old said, if you say the word wrong, the joke's not funny anymore. And I said, yeah, it's absolutely right. Child genius. That is absolutely right. You, you flubbed the punchline. <laughs> it is so disappointing. If you say the word wrong, it is not funny anymore. Oh. So um, you look at the magic uh, gas. Yeah. But so this is just weeks after Cal State Long Beach got rid of Prospector Pete, their 70-year mascot. They'd had Prospector Pete there at Lang- Long Beach because the fictitious gold miner, um, gold miners had been mean to indigenous populations. You people 
are stupid. Well, you're so blinded by your ideology and your intelligence, it's made you dumb. It's scary. It is. There's no reason to think it's not going to get more, uh, more important things aren't going to start to fall. Yeah. And just as ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That is just insane. Yeah. You people are crazy. There you are think ask- you're making the world a better place by getting rid of Prospector Pete. Right. You think that's going to bring back indigenous well, people or they're, something? They're probably so proud they couldn't even stand it. The uh, There are elements of, not the entirety of, but elements of the social justice warrior thing, and certainly the, the intersectionality, insanity, that are they bear all of the hallmarks, and I've read scholarly pieces on this, all of the hallmarks of a fundamentalist religion. You dare not question the doctrine, or you'll be drummed out, or hurt, or punished. Those who are outside the faith are considered evil people with no rights, and they can be hurt or punched or have their business ruined or whatever because they do not believe. Sure, it's similar to ISIS banning music or various colors. Or throwing gay people out of a town. Or various colors of clothing. Yeah. Colors have been banned by various uh, religions and oppressive governments over yeah. the years because yeah. they're too provocative. I was reading a book about China back in the day and how bright orange or something was banned in any commercials. Because it was too provocative to people. You're you're like that, you nut jobs. Oh yeah. Wow, you're so crazy and you don't know it. That's what worries me. Plus at age seventy, how's poor prospector Pete gonna get another job? Mascotten. it's ha- always hard to tell the percentages on this because you only get it through the media and everybody's quiet too quiet or too scared to uh to speak up against it. But what percentage of Americans do you think that makes sense? It's tiny. Getting rid of Prospector Pete. It's tiny. God, I'd be surprised if it's 3%. Yeah. But if a religious, a religious fundamentalist, a, a lunatic, you know, decides to blow up your, your troop transport, you know, it only takes a couple. Yeah. And these people are really willing and able to hurt. Yeah, good point. What percentage of people think the ISIS ideology makes sense? Not very many, but enough. Total change of topic and mood just occurred to me. I wish it had occurred to me earlier. We came across a video yesterday that was one sublime. Of the, one of the most astonishing things I've ever seen. Impossible to describe and I wouldn't want to ruin it by describing it for you. It's well, the, the term bizarre is overused. You know, things that are just mildly st- Stranger or surprising people call it bizarre all the time. No, this is bizarre. I can't process it. It's at armstrongandgetty.com. Okay? Armstrongandgetty.com. Just go and, and, and watch it. What's the headline on that thing, Hanson? Do you remember something? The that you, Internet is a Strange Place. The Internet is a Strange Place is the headline. So that's it. Check and it it's, it's, I think it's safe for work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Now, I'm going to show it to my kids this weekend, so yeah. I'll show it to little kids. It's made me question everything. <laughs> it's left me confused. So this is only 30 Troubled. seconds long. We ought to jam it in. Do it. We love when Jimmy Kimmel does unnecessary censorship. I have not heard this one. It often makes me sweat with worry that we're going to lose our jobs or something. Nothing that's been bleeped is an obscenity. No, they just bleep regular words. If you hear an obscenity, you've got something wrong with your brain. Right. You're a bad person. Here we go. You directed some episodes. Mm-hmm. You're the producer. Mm-hmm. Did you also suck all the co- I did. <laughs> and that's why he's naked through half of the show. <laughs> like me, Kendall, and Kylie. 
sending each other pictures and everything. I know three things are going to happen. I'm going to eat great southern food, I'm going to drink some bourbon, and I'm going to some horses. So here, what time of day do you do your best That's early in the morning. Tiger's injuries were so profound that for two years he could barely Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. Trump. Thank you. <laughs> That's one of my favorite ones. The thank you bleeped. <laughs> I still find that. Oh, it's so uncomfortable. I still find that intellectually fascinating. Why that makes me so uncomfortable when nothing bad has been said. Seems like a strange thing for the president to bring up at a Medal of Freedom <laughs> presentation. Right. And Tiger's response, well, it was rude. <laughs> Injury so bad he couldn't swing any clubs. <laughs> oh, oh, right. <laughs> huh. That's the, the the way the mind, yeah. And I, and I and I wonder that can't be for everybody. I'm sure my mom listens to that mystified. Just I don't. Oh know. wait, now you think I'm wrong? I think you're underestimating your mom. I don't know. I remember back in the day when <laughs> she'd swing by the pool hall. Um, <laughs> that, that's made sailors <laughs> blush. Your mom. Psychologically, that's that's an interesting one. <laughs> yes, it it certainly is. Uh, So once again, uh, you want something psychologically interesting, go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us. uh, What did you think of it? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, too. Love to hear from you. Um, What's the uh, biggest problem we got going right now? It's not the constitutional crisis of impeachment, um, but is it trade war or is it Iran? Is it North Korea? The biggest real problem? Ooh, Iran or Korea? (laughs) Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. 